0: Welcome back to Tears and Flowers. You are now inside the mind of a healing Muslimah. It's your girl Zakiya. And we are coming up on a year of Tears and Flowers. Yay. And I just want to talk about some of the things that I have um, seen over this past year with the podcast, things that I've learned, um, some things that I've noticed um, just in this whole healing Um, paradox that we are all in these days. Okay, so I think I um, published my first episode on January 1st, 2021, and I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. I wasn't sure if people were going to listen, if it was even going to be something that I stuck with because um, me sharing the things that I go through along my healing journey, it hasn't always been easy. It's not always easy. And so I wasn't really sure. Um, I mean, I wanted it to be something that I stuck with, but honestly, I wasn't really sure if I was brave enough to continue um, talking about my experiences over and over again and exposing myself in that way over and over again. So I'm actually proud of myself that I stuck with it and um, that, you know, I'm continuing to do it and that people have received it well. I'm sure there are some people that don't like what I have to say, but um, I don't know where they are. (laughs) So um, since I've started it, when I first started it, the majority of my listeners, probably about 90 percent, were women and that was to be expected it's a podcast that is um, mostly centered around women their trauma and experiences in abusive relationships so that made a lot of sense to me but as time started going on um, I noticed that the amount of male followers was going up steadily Okay, so I'm not going to lie. My first initial thought was, okay, these these dudes are only listening to try to figure out an angle to, to get at me. At, I'm not even going to lie. And not that I think that, you know, somebody always want to talk to me. But let's be honest. Guys will listen to something that you do or watch something that you do or whatever just to, you know, try to get an opening. So, I was like, yeah, okay, that's what that's about. But, you know, as I started getting feedback from episodes and, um, just watching the different analytics of my podcast, it became really interesting. And so I started realizing that uh, more men are becoming open to exploring and healing from their trauma. And I think that's really interesting because we have grown up in a society where, you know, boys are constantly taught, you know, don't cry, act like a man, be a man. And, you know, crying is for babies and, you know, all these different um, toxic ways that we've stopped boys from being able to um, express themselves in a healthy way. And they are starting to break out of that box and say you know what this is not working for me it doesn't feel good to my spirit it doesn't feel good um you know to the people that I love something has to change and I think that is so dope so to all my male listeners out there keep healing I'm proud of you and there's not nothing that you can do that will be more important or influential in your life than to start your healing and to, you know, root out those demons, do the shadow work. is hard, but I'm so proud of the men that are actually trying and making the efforts to get rid of some of these behaviors that have been ingrained in them. Cause that's, that's hard. You know, the unfamiliar is scary and I don't feel like men have that that many options for expressing themselves so the fact that they're now seeking this healing um, unapologetically at that I'm here for it definitely and I thought something was interesting because Gen Z is like the generation that everybody ridicules for like being emo and too sensitive and you know always in their feelings but it's my opinion that they're part of the reason why men are now especially men from my generation at that are like really starting to seek therapy and help in their mental health because they made it acceptable and okay to talk about being depressed to talk about being anxious to talk about being suicidal and all these different things so I gotta give it a give a um, shout out to Gen Z because I don't really feel like without them taking that step and just being tired of the toxicity of my generation. I don't think that a lot of us would be exploring those feelings, you know, because we, we were always like, you know, suck it up and keep it moving and you see where that got us. And so I think they helped that out tremendously, even with their, you know, sometimes two emo things that, You know, they do. But I think in that regard, um, they've actually been a help to a lot of men just wanting to be better. Um, Another thing I've learned throughout this whole journey, I've been in therapy um, at least since, I want to say 2012. And I just have to say, at this point, I feel like the mental health industry Cares very little about actual mental health, and I feel like the, you have some that are really good and really care about the work that they're doing. But then, just like any other job or you know career, you have people that just want to make that money, and so it's not really something that they um, invest. And put humanness into it. So I feel like a lot of times these mental health people are just trying to push pills and uh, schedule you for another appointment so they can see if those pills are, you know, doing a good enough job. And if not, let's just, you know, push another pill on you. And we have to realize that these therapists, these psychiatrists, these psychologists, they are people too. At the end of the day, they're people and they can be toxic. They can really not be good for your mental health. So we really have to be careful. I know we talk a lot about, you know, protecting your peace with the friends and family and things that you let into your circle and into your space. But we really have to be careful in finding um, a mental health practitioner that really cares and connects with you internally. Because if not, you can't really benefit from it the way that you should, because you can't be honest with someone that you don't connect with. And without that honesty, you're not gonna be um, rooting out the root causes of the behaviors and the things that you're doing and things that you're going through. So I just thought that was very interesting, I'm really, kind of annoyed and fed up with the mental health industry. Thank goodness I found a very good um, therapist but um, as far as psychiatrists I they are I haven't found a good one yet and I'm still looking for one so yeah that's what that is. but um, some other things that I've been just noticing is that like the world views black women already is angry. So a lot of times when I'm thinking about what to talk about um, in my podcast, how much of my personal experiences I want to share, I'm always worried about how it's going to be perceived. And I say that because even in my custody case, um, we, when we got assigned a new judge and you know after she read all of the files and everything from the previous proceedings, one of the first things that she said when, you know, we started our hearing was, you know, she believes that there's drama on both sides. Now, to me, I was immediately like taken aback because literally this entire time, I have done nothing but just speak the truth and the facts of what I've gone through, what, have I, what I have experienced. And for someone, for you to tell your truth, literally to tell your truth, and for someone in any kind of way to view that as being dramatic, it just puts me, it puts me on edge because it's like, okay, Here I am, this black woman trying to speak up for myself, trying to, you know, let my voice be heard, um, to not be ran over and bullied and oppressed. And the minute I open my mouth to speak about the things that have happened to me and why I have concerns and why I believe things should be a certain way, I'm viewed as being dramatic. And so that kind of just puts me in a place to where, you know, it it puts me on on a, a tight rope, I feel like anyway, of how do I express the things that happen to me in a truthful way and not Be taken as being dramatic like i don't know how to do that i don't know how to talk about someone physically assaulting me and like how is that taken as being dramatic i have no idea but that is some of the things that i'm dealing with when i speak about my experiences when i'm trying to um get some kind of justice in not be ran over, you know, I'm always afraid I'm gonna be looked at as dramatic. And so I'm having a a little bit of a hard time with that because now I'm feeling like, is that what people think when they listen to my podcast? Is that what people think when they hear my story? Oh, she's being dramatic or, you know, I'm sure things couldn't have been that bad or like, that just really makes me feel sad because that's the, and I have a woman judge. So it's like, that makes me feel really sad for women because we can go through these things. It can tear us down in unimaginable ways and we can literally drag ourselves out of the mud and darkness and try to have a decent, healthy life. (laughs) And the minute you try to speak on, what you've gone through you're shamed in some kind of way you're gaslit in some kind of way and you're dismissed in some kind of way and so it's like where are our allies where are where is our community where's our village even amongst ourselves to not look at each other and think like oh they're you know she's just being a woman or she's just like i don't even it's just extremely disheartening to me because this is the reason why a lot of people don't want to talk about the trauma and abuse that they've gone through and i can only imagine if i've gone through this as a woman and someone thinks i'm dramatic what do you think men go through that are being abused by women i can almost imagine is damn near impossible for them to speak on their experiences because if women are being viewed as dramatic and you know extra when they're being punched in the face and kicked and all this other stuff like and they're the weaker person in that scenario what do we say about men when they're being abused you know what I mean? Like, we probably shame them into staying in that abusive relationship even more, making them feel like they're not a man because, you know, this woman is treating them that way. Like, it's it's horrible. And I just really wish we can start seeing people a little bit more human. I don't even know what is the answer to that because I don't understand how you can listen to someone's story about abuse and call them dramatic or shame them in any kind of way? And we seem to love doing that to adults. We love it, and I don't understand because we don't do it to children. We understand that is not their fault, but when it comes to adults, we love to shame and blame, and it's just sad. It's something that. I've noticed over and over and over again um, something else that I've realized since I started this podcast, I didn't have Facebook for the longest time because it's just so much fitness and confusion on Facebook and it was just too much. So I got off of Facebook, wasn't on there for like maybe two years. I only started a Facebook page To promote my podcast, to promote my shea butter, you know, and to have another platform to, you know, promote that on because I was really just on Instagram, you know, so I made the Facebook page and I immediately started looking up, you know, all the people that are connected to my ex in any way, shape or form blocked all of them. Okay, but, you know, I'm still getting the weird The friend requests and the weird, you know, fake pages and, you know, the DMs and all that. And it got to be too much because I'm tired of trying to figure out who's making these fake pages and why they're making them. And it's just too much. And I just deleted it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need that kind of, um, anxiety of just constantly wondering who this person is that friend requested me and whether or not, you know, they mean me harm. I I don't, I can't do that. I can't spend my time worried about that. I have to focus on things that are more important. So I realized that the kind of people that do things like that really, really have mental illness. And I used to think it was I didn't think it was that bad because I had um someone that I used to be friends with they would make fake pages and you know like to watch people's pages and stuff like that and I would laugh and I'm not gonna lie sometimes I would look to and when I started going through all of this stuff with you know um you know, with custody and all that. And I was wondering if people were looking at my stuff. You know, I was tempted to make a fake page and, you know, just, but then it just seemed so creepy to me. And I had to realize that people that go through that much to make fake pages to like, you gotta have an email account. You gotta like, you just have to do too much to make a fake page. And then to go on somebody else's page like that is too much energy to put into spying on someone or just like it's just too much. And it's creepy. And people that are willing to do that and like don't have no problem with it and think it's just totally normal and okay. Like I had to realize that that is not normal and it's not okay. Like that is part of a mental illness because why expend that much energy into someone that is literally not paying you no mind, not thinking of you or any of that. In my case, I'm not thinking about you. But like, I, I just don't understand anyone that would be, that, um, that would expend that much energy for it. And if you're doing stuff like that, then something's wrong and you need to figure out what it is that's making you go to these lengths just to see what's going on in somebody else's life it, that hasn't invited you into their life themselves. Like, it's just really weird. I've had people friend request me and pretend like they a complete stranger and literally know my life already. Like, and not because they watched me, but because they already are in it. Like people are just, I don't understand that type of motivation. I don't understand how people think that can be something that will bring them goodness or anything healthy in life. So I realized that a lot of things that we have normalized um with this internet thing and this social media thing is really um disguised mental illness because why do all of that it's just sick people have too many problems and things going on in their own life they should that they're focused on to have time to make fake pages and i mean and at least if you're gonna make a fake page like i've had people make a fake page with their picture but using a fake name like it's just Sometimes people are not even that creative. They just want to know so bad and and get in there that they just do the most obvious stupid stuff and tell me that's not mental illness. It is. So we have to be careful out here with this social media stuff and protecting your peace. I'm really starting to think social media is less and less for me. And I'm going to start um, shaving it down to things that are necessary and things that are productive and anything outside of that. I'm good and so um you know one of the major things that I've learned throughout all of this is that I just want to stay consistent with working on myself because like I said at one point I thought you know making a fake page to spy on somebody wasn't that bad you know what I'm saying like under certain circumstances you know I, I was one of those people that would be like justifying it in certain circumstances you know what I mean like well but now it's just like no that's there's something wrong with that (laughs) okay so I want to be consistent in just trying to um, become better but my problem is I always take on too much and so that makes me end up leaving projects halfway finished or leaving things just You know, a little bit after I started it, I have a a problem with that. So I'm going to work on just making smaller, realistic goals so that um, I'm not overwhelming myself with a million different tools and a million different tasks and a million different goals. And, you know, it gets to become too much and then I start to feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. So, um, yeah, since I've started this podcast, I've learned a lot. I want to continue learning I want to continue growing um, emotionally as well as, you know, with the podcast. I want it to expand and include more things, more people, more ideas, more um, just possibilities. I want it to take off in, in a bunch of different directions. And I know that in order for that to happen, I have to learn how to um, be consistent in making smaller goals so that i can make those larger goals and you know giving myself compassion along the way for the effort that i'm putting in because i also had to realize that um you know people are not if people are not willing to put in the effort um, to better in themselves that's okay but you don't have to um you don't have to say stuck and stagnant along with them, you know? Because a lot of times I spend so much time thinking that what I'm doing is not good enough that I fail to acknowledge how much effort I have put into being a better person and doing better. And I had to realize that the ones that are talking bad about me are the ones not working on themselves. So take it with a grain of salt. Anything that people say, about you good or bad take it with a grain of salt and just keep on working on yourself till next time guys thank you for listening i appreciate every single one of you keep healing guys stay blessed peace